So today, I want to talk, I want to speak to you guys about this idea of finding significance. And that word significance is kind of an interesting word because it, it's one of those things where if you, if you ask somebody, what does the word significance mean? It can mean something different for a lot of different people. It has this wide range, this emotional impact. But it's not something that it's easy to kind of nail down. It's like nailing jello to a wall. And maybe another word that you might think about when you look at the idea of significance is this word of purpose. There's something just ingrained in us, inside of our DNA, that seeks out this idea of what is my life purpose. You know, I would be really surprised if anybody in this room has not at one point in their life thought, why am I even here? Maybe it's as simple as a child thinking, you know, when I want to grow up, I want to be, and then fill in the blank. Or you could be, you know, on the latter half and the kids are all moved out and you're an empty nester and you're thinking to yourself and looking back at your life and wondering what you've accomplished. All through that spectrum, there's this thing that drives us in wanting to have significance, to have purpose in our life. You know... And as we were singing the song, you know, Yes and Amen, and thinking about uh, that, that God's promises are always yes and amen. I mean, when you're, you're singing that, and you're, you're heartfelt, and you're praising that, but in your life, you're also going, mm, I don't know. You know, I've asked God, I've, I've looked at that, I'm thinking about it, all these different paths, and I continue to run into this wall, and no matter how many times I cry out to God, nothing changes in my life. You know what? Let me just encourage you, if you feel that you've been in that place or you're in that place this morning, that that is okay. And I hope by the end of this morning that you'll have a little bit more of a, of a picture, of an answer to maybe some of those questions. And maybe you're somebody who is going along and has a loving life and you're moving forward, but as well that you can continue that trajectory. So we're looking at this idea of significance, of purpose. And I want to start with kind of a modern-day proverb of sorts that kind of paint a picture with this idea of purpose or significance. And this is what the story says. A frustrated young man went to see a wise man in his village. He says, I don't know what to do with my life. How do I find my purpose, my significance, the young man asked. Follow me, said the old man. Silently they trudged together to a faraway river where they found dozens of prospectors panning for gold. There are three types of prospectors here, the sage said. What do you mean, the young man inquired. Well, there are those who strike gold straight away. They're excited, they take their plunder, cash it in, and live comfortably for the rest of their lives. Then there are those who pan for years. They know, what, they know that there is gold here. They have seen others strike it rich, so they persist until they, they too find the gold that they've been searching for. Well, what about the third type, asked the young man. They are the individuals who get frustrated that they haven't found what they're looking for. So after a day, a week, or even a year or more, they give up, walk away, and never find gold. Slightly confused, the young man asks, what does this have to do with finding purpose, finding significance? 
Ah, yes, the old man said. The old man smiled and looked at his companion in his eyes. There are those in life who look for their purpose and seem to find it almost immediately. Don't you hate those people? From a young age, they have a clear sense of purpose and pursue their dreams with energy and enthusiasm. For others, have to look a bit harder, perhaps for many years. But if they persist and keep looking, they will find something to live for. Finally, there are those who want to know their purpose, but they become frustrated with the search and give up too soon, returning to a life of meaningless wandering. Can everyone find their purpose? Is there gold? Is there, sorry, can everyone find their purpose? The young man asks. And says, Is there gold in the river? The wise man responded. So, how do I find my purpose? The old man says, Keep looking. But what if I want to find it quicker? And the old man says, son, there are no guarantees that you'll be able to find it quickly. The only guarantee is that if you give up and stop looking for it, you will never find it. And the young man looked despondent, feeling that he had wasted his time with the old man. He felt, reassur sorry, felt a reassuring hand on the shoulder. And the old man says, I can sense your frustration, but let me assure you, if you can find your true calling in life, your significance, your purpose, you will, have, you will live with passion, make the world a better place, be richer than you could imagine, and feel as though the very face of God himself is smiling upon you. That may happen next week, next year, or in years ahead, but the search will be worth it, and your life will never be the same again. So for now, so for now your purpose is to find your purpose. Oh, and there's one more thing that I forgot to mention. What's that, young man said? Just as those men and women need to get down to the river with a pan to find their goal, so we need to remain active to find our purposes, our significance. We don't find it sitting around at home doing nothing. And it was getting late when the two men turned for home and began the long walk back to the village. Isn't it interesting, young man, or the old man says to the wise man, that your purpose in life right now is to find your life purpose. So, that sounds like a really great idea, and a lot of wisdom in that, but I think that maybe for some of you are still asking the question, well, what does that look like? You know, maybe I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking that right now as well, that, you know, I'm still looking for my life purpose, and I want to keep looking. I still have that energy, but how, how, do, I, how do I actually do that? You know, as I was thinking about it in my own life, that this idea of thinking that I would be standing here today as a pastor, ministering, you know, that maybe you think for a second that, you know, I found my life purpose, and I knew it all along. You know, I hear stories sometimes of people who think about their life journey with God, and they have this story where it's like the clouds opened up and the sunbeam came down as they're standing on a rock, and this eagle flew down, and, and then God spoke from the heavens, and I knew that like I was like BS. <laughs> like, sure, you know. I mean, and, and don't be wrong, there 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 are probably stories like that that are true, but those are far and few between. As a kid, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was a shy little kid who would rarely talk at all. I know that's really hard to believe. 
But I would be the one that's hiding behind my mom. I wouldn't be the one that if anybody came up to me, you know the, the kids are like, hey, give me a high five. And they're like, I'm like, uh-uh. I don't know you. And even if I do know you, I don't want to talk to you. You know, when I did finally feel that God was calling me to go to the ministry, I said to my mom that, you know, I feel like, my, like God's asking me to be a pastor. And my mom says, you know, you got to talk to people, right? <laughs> there are these hurdles, these things. Even when, you know, I was saved as a teenager, you know, and, and I had people in my life that spoke life into me and that, that shared that example. And I clung on to that. I just remember thinking there's something about these, these Christians. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. But I want that. And I sought that out. And I remember as I was, when I made that decision to follow Jesus, I just thought to myself, well, I guess the next thing is I should become a youth pastor. Like, that was just the, the, the obvious thing that just made sense. And my, my best friend was going to Bible college, and so I followed him there. And I remember two years into it, in my second year of Bible college, talking, they're talking about all these things about your calling and your, you know, if you been called to ministry and things like that. I'm like, I don't know if I'm called to ministry. Maybe I should figure that out. And then I went and I, I, did, I, well, I went to my student advisor and I said, hey, I, I, don't, I think I'm going to be graduating this year. Like, what? Like, I just taken classes because I was like, I like that class, I like that. Like, what can I get with, this, with all these classes? Is there a degree? Did this all line up? And luckily it did. And I got this associate of arts, a two-year degree, and I, I went off and I went into the marketplace. I was in sales and I was in retail and management. I was trying to figure out who I was in a four-year period. And it was at the tail end of that, and, and it still was like, you know what? I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. Going from job to job and trying different things out. And in that moment that, you know, pressing in and seeking and serving in different areas in our youth ministry and in our church and helping set up a, a drop-in center and helping work into the, this youth program and the community and these different things. And then God started showing me real things. And I started feeling like there was this pull. And it was confirmed by other people. And it was actually a, a gentleman who, you know, in his 60s, that's still like he didn't speak unless it needed to be said. And he came up to me and confirmed, you need to go back to Bible college. God has something for you to do. But there's this journey that's a part of that. There's seeking in. There's leaning in into this. And the reality is, when we look at this, that we are, this whole process is way more messy than we would like it to be. Wouldn't that be great if you just, you know, there was this formula, ABC. One, two, three. I'll do this, pray this, move over here. If I just knew that God's answer was over here, then I could just jump into it and go, beam all the information. If you've ever seen that movie, The Matrix, you just plug it in and you learn all the stuff that you need and then you could just live your life. And the reality, it doesn't work that way. And there's a good reason for it. There's a really good reason for it. Because part of the process of becoming the person that you are meant to be is the actual process. And discovering your purpose, the actual process of discovering your purpose is getting you there. There are these verses upon verses in the Bible that talk about going through trials, perseverance, pressing in, moving forward, seeking after God, listening to Him, making space through all of these things because ultimately the purpose isn't really the end goal anyway. It's about getting inside of God's will into our lives and in an intimate relationship with Him so that He can lead us and shape us into the person that we were always meant to be. There's this amazing passage in Ephesians that talks about that you are God's great masterpiece. And that even from before the foundations of time, before anything existed, but all the chaos and the formlessness of God before He puts it all together was already thinking about the gifts and the talents and the purpose and the amazing things you're going to accomplish. Let me put it this way. 
For as much as that you are seeking in for your significance and purpose, God in the eons and ages has been dreaming for these things for you. Thousands of years before you were even a glimmer in your father's eye. See, we're all different parts of this journey, but one thing is for sure, you will never find your significance in life, your purpose, unless you put yourself in the right conditions. So the first thing we need to know when we're looking at this journey is we need to put ourselves in the right conditions. And if we go to the slide, it says, finding significance equals the right conditions. And there's this great verse in the Bible, and maybe you've seen this, but you've never thought about it in this way. And it's a parable that Jesus is, is saying to the crowd, and this is what he says, is listen, he's sharing this story. A farmer went out to plant some seeds. He scattered them across his field. Some seeds fell on the footpath, and the birds came up and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly, but because the soil was shallow, the plants wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns, so it had good soil, but they grew up and they were choked out the tender plants. Still others fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as they'd been planted. So my first challenge for you guys to think about this is that maybe one of the reasons why you haven't got into the place of finding your purpose is because you have not put yourself in the right soil, in the right conditions. And ultimately, the right conditions is getting inside of what God's will is for your life to, to find those things. If you are trying to isolate yourself and figuring these things out on your own, not bringing yourself into the, the purpose and plan of what God has for you, the purpose in the community and in his presence and in the relationship with him, you are constantly going to fall into the same trap, running into the same walls. And look at some of the things that Jesus gives as an example. The footpath. Basically, this imagery would be, when you look at Rome at the time, they were the first ones to build basically the byways and the highways. What we have now is ancient version of connecting all of these cities with soldiers about them. It was the first time in human history that you could travel with safety. Imagine throwing seeds out onto the driveway of your house or out on the road in front of you. As much as seeds are persistent, there is absolutely no way that they're going to make themselves through that concrete. So the question that remains in, in that idea is, is it possible that you are so far off the mark or that you have distanced yourself inside of community and the relationship that you become so hard that nothing can get through? And maybe you don't even realize it. Maybe there are things in your life and you've built up these walls out of safety, built this tower to protect yourself. But that very tower that you've, you've built to protect yourself is also the very thing that is keeping you captive and prisoner from God's will and purpose in your life. And what's funny about these things is that more often than not, it's not that you can't escape the walls. It's that we choose to stay in there. There's a door right in front of you that you've got to open out and walk out what God wants to do. So maybe it's the soil or the ground, maybe it's too hard, you built these walls in your life and you need to deal with those. Or maybe you have been planted in shallow soil with rocks 
Maybe you haven't been able to dig your roots deep. You put yourself that, you know what, this whole Christian thing, this whole church community, this relationship with God, whatever it is, that you've, you've, you've allowed yourself a little bit of that. You've given a little bit of your life to God. You've connected yourself to the church community just, to, just enough to get that buzz on a Sunday morning, right? But it isn't satisfying. It isn't until you've got to come to the next Sunday or the next thing, but because your relationship may feel like, you know, a mile wide, but an inch deep. You find no real significance and purpose, no real freedom and conquering and victory in your life or what you're, what you're looking for because the, the, the soil that you've chosen to plant yourself in, the decisions, the friends that you have, the community, the things that you're doing, you've chosen to allow yourself to be planted in shallow soil. Not allowing yourself to go deep. Not allowing God to lead you in that. Not getting connected. Not taking that next step. Or maybe you are planted in soil. You have connected. You've gotten into community. You're jumping on a team. You're in a group. You're plunging 100% all the way in. But you're still finding yourself running into the same old, same old in your life. And so you're in the right soil. But the problem is that you've been planted all around these thorns that are choking you. And the reality is that there may be things undealt with stuff in your life, trauma and grief and maybe even decisions, things that were done to you, things that you've done, things in your past or things that you're still dealing with, that even though you are in rich soil because this other stuff is choosing to keep you from growing into the place that you need to be. And let me just, so if I, I don't want to forget this. That maybe you're dealing with something, maybe it's an addiction, maybe it's a sin, maybe it's a bad pattern, maybe it's something, you know, a bad relation that continues to press into your life. Then let me just say this, that more often than not, you know, as the Bible uses the word sin, sin or the addiction or the patterns usually aren't really the issue. They're the symptoms of the issue in our lives. It's getting time to go deep to deal with whatever the, the issues, the, the soul issues, the, the psyche issues, the emotional, the trauma, the things in our past, really doing some hard work of, you know, prepping the soil of our life to see that breakthrough. But the reality is, is that, you know, maybe, maybe when you break through in these things that you don't have to worry about the footpaths or that you're choosing to say, no more am I just going to skim the surface and saw the soil. Or yes, I'm going to do the hard work of dealing with uprooting these thorns, these, these weeds that are continuing to choke the potential and life that God wants to give to me. When you're dealing with all those things, then you can be planted in the fertile soil in the right conditions. All the right things, when they line up together, because God has led us into that, then this can open up. Now, that doesn't guarantee that there won't be time still. Growth takes time. Growth takes effort. But the question I'm asking you this is that maybe, maybe, the reason why you haven't got there yet is because there are things that God has said, you know, I'm not going to give you that breakthrough yet because I want you to deal with this stuff already. I'm allowing this to happen. I'm allowing you to stay in this valley. I'm allowing you not to grow to find that because there's so much more I want to do in your life. And if I just give it to you and try and jump over that, it really won't be the prize that you're needing. And we'll miss the opportunity to deal with the hardness and the prisons that you've created. We'll miss the opportunity to deal with the fact that you're still going to be in a shallow soil. We're missing the opportunity to free you from the weeds and the thorns that are choking you and to find true and real freedom.
So the reality is, is that there's no quick fix to this. But I can assure you of this, as somebody who is constantly still on this journey, that there is hope and freedom on the other side of these things. That it's not about, oh, there's another thing for me to deal with. Don't look at it like that. Look at it as this, that there's another layer of freedom, another layer of purpose, another layer of significance that I can find. So the question still beckons this. How can we be planted in rich soil? It's great, again, great to look at this idea of saying, I want to be planted in rich soil, but what does it actually look like? Well, if we go to the next slide. Finding significance equals partnering with God. Now, if you weren't here in the last vision Sunday, Martin did this message called Light the Fire. That we've been in this season where, you know, we've set up the altar. And the story of Elijah, he sets up the altar and he prays and God's fire comes. And as I was praying and thinking about this message, that same idea for our church. That we want to see God's fire come, to see God's purpose come. And that we've set up the altar and just waiting now we're ready for God's, you know, work in our church. I think that same principle to be true of your own life. And that there is this partnership in finding significance and purpose and freedom in your life. There's a partnership. There's a part that we play, and there's a part that God plays. And I think sometimes we forget that. And sometimes we want to play the part of God, and God's like, no, no, no that, that's my job. Or we think to ourselves, again, we're talking about, we cry out and go, God, why won't you? And God's like, I'm waiting for you to build the altar. I'm actually trying to reveal the things you're supposed to be uprooting, the things you're dealing with, or whatever the case is. I'm waiting for you to build that altar so that I can bring the fire. So think about it like this. So the story of this, of Elijah, as some context, is he is the last prophet of God. So there's a, a king and queen that has been, you know, decades of, of God's people straying away out of God's purpose, but now you've got Ahab and Jezebel, these evil king and queen, and really it's, Je it's Jezebel, the queen that is, that is ruling the roost, and she's the one that's really ruling the kingdom. And she's going out and she's killing every single one of God's prophets because she wants Israel to worship Baal, to worship the wrong God. And Elijah's the last one, and he's on the run, and he's continually on the run, and he's, he's seeking after God, and God says, go up, and we want to do this challenge. And so Elijah invites out all of Baal's prophets, and he says, go ahead, do whatever you need to do, and we want to see a show of force. You know, and this is where that, that, you know, the story says, hey, Elijah says, hey, God doesn't show up, maybe, maybe he's on the can. He didn't want to show up, like, he's a little bit busy right now, he's a little bit indisposed, and he's mocking these prophets. And then Elijah builds the altar, and he does everything as it needs to be done, and he builds it as the specs, and then he gets back and he prays, and God does his thing. But notice what it says here. Notice what it says in this passage. It says, He used the stones to rebuild the altar in the name of the Lord. Then he dug a trench around the altar enough to hold about three gallons of water. He piled the wood on the altar, cut the bowl in pieces, laid the pieces on the wood, then he said, Fill four large jars of water and pour it into the trenches. Now, part of what he's trying to do, pouring out the wood and things like that, he's showing there's no magic behind this. Only God that's going to be able to accomplish this. Like, I, I made everything possible where, like, literally, if this thing starts on fire, it's only because of God. But what I love, you look at this, he rebuilt the altar. Because, again, 
There was an altar that was placed here for the worshiping of the true God, of God the Father, Yahweh. And because of the leaders of Israel that they chose to, you know, not look to God, but to their own things, looking to, you know, they build up the walls, their, their hard soil, they've broken down these altars. And so you've got this broken altar of stones. You know, and maybe that's a good imagery for your life. And you think to yourself for a second that, you know, my life is in shambles. Where am I going to even begin to start? And what I love about the passage in this is that he gets to work and he starts to rebuild. That, let me encourage you, if you think that you are too far gone, that your life is too much of a mess, that God is a God of redemption, that God is a God of refurbishing, remaking, that your life, no matter what state it is in, is not too far gone. And so Elijah starts rebuilding the altar, he starts taking the pieces. And I want you to imagine for a second. Now, when Martin preached this, he was talking about the church, and we'll touch on that in a second. But for the sake of your life, think about these stones in different areas of your life. That you got your friends, your career, your finances, you know, your family, your hopes and dreams, you know, the different things that you're aspiring for in your life. And there are these different pieces. And God's asking us to do some work to start rebuilding this. Now we want to start putting in alignment. See, that God has certain things that he's asking us to do to be able to start setting all these stones back into place. That there's a certain formula, there's a certain things that God is calling us to. A certain soil, a certain conditions. And we need to actually do the work to rebuild. Now God's going to help us in doing that. I want to be clear about that. But when we think about the different pieces in our life, our finances, our health, your career, your family and friends, your passion, your life goals, the greater freedom in your life, your spiritual walk, that we need to build these things and put them into place. There are certain parts of our life, certain conditions, certain ways that we need to do them. And if you continue to, to go down a direction in your life in the wrong conditions and expect different outcomes, it's not going to happen. There's a famous quote about Saint uh, Albert Einstein says the definition of insanity is continuing to do the same things and expecting different results. So maybe for a second, stop trying to do the plan the way that you think is best, and start asking God, what's His plan for your life? What's His plan for your life? Maybe give it a shot. I mean, really, what do you have to lose? Because if you're thinking to yourself, I continue to getting these same results I've been getting from the beginning, I mean, what do you have to lose to try something different? Other than trying something different, the risk. There's something scary about going there with things, but if you don't and you continue going into the same direction, the same things you were doing before, you're only going to get the same results. And we look at that story at the beginning talking about you need to actually be down and doing it. You need to actually start putting this together. This is going to take time. There are going to be pieces. If you feel like your life is a mess and bring that there's work that's involved. You think about the stones that Elijah's putting together. This is a small little piddly thing in comparison to the altar that, that Elijah probably put together talking about 50, 60, 70, 80 pound stones that he's putting there. It's going to take work. 
all right? But you need to actually do it. So let me, let me give you an example of that. We were backstage, and myself and Jason, who plays drums, we're talking. We both have a passion for soccer, or as we'd say football, because outside of North America, it's called football. We don't know where it matter. Glaze, guys. I'm going to get a revolt on that. But okay, we're, we're talking about we're both goalies, and we, we have this passion toward them. And this is one of our hobbies, and we love to be able to play soccer. Now, it, it, was, it was, I had year, years hiatus of I was going back in and playing goal again. And one of the things, my weakest area is my goal kick. And it's kind of an essential piece of a goalie to be able to get the ball where it needs to go in a strategic place. And so I was thinking, okay, I want to improve myself on that. And so I actually started sitting down and started watching these tutorial videos, figuring out all the different techniques to be able to, to get down my goal kick. But, but here's the thing. I could watch videos upon videos for hours, study every single book on the best and perfect procedure and style and, you know, all that stuff to be able to do the perfect goal kick. But the reality is, unless I get off my butt, put my phone away, get off of YouTube, grab some soccer balls, and actually do it, I'm never going to be able to figure this out. I'm never going to be able to, to master the skill, to actually do practice makes perfect, that whole idea. What I'm saying in this is that part of your thing is that you need to actually walk. There's this idea, this word in, in the Christian circles or just in general, but it's just this idea that, that faith, faith is the fuel, but faith takes steps. You can't steer a car that isn't moving. But all these ideas... And so part of your journey is to say, I need to actually get off and start doing something. I need to start looking at the opportunities, trying different things, getting into the middle of where God is so that he can shape me. But if you sit back and even do a lot of research, praying and doing all these things, but expect that God is going to somehow transport you into the person that you want to be without the sweat and labor of becoming that person, God's like, that's not the way it works. And here's what's amazing. So Martin last Vision Sunday uses this example about all the different pieces, getting ready so that God's fire will come. Here's what's going to hold our church back from accomplishing the kingdom. Now God will, his accomplishment will happen, but it will happen with a limp until every single one of us not only figures out their altar in their own life and the pieces and starts that process, but every single one of us also becomes a stone in the altar that God is trying to build in this church. There's even a verse that says that we are stone pieces into the building, into the people, the building that God is building. That every single one of you has a purpose and a place. And ultimately, we're, we, we will not be at full potential as a church to reach the people that God wants to reach and the lives that are changed unless we all fit into the place that God wants for us. And so my challenge for this morning is for you to figure out that personal all through your life because as you do that, God will start to be able to build his church the way that it was meant to be. And we've got a vision Sunday coming up in three weeks to be thinking about that. What is your part in all of this? How are you partnering? How are you fitting into that? Because what's amazing about that is it's a cyclical thing. As you are figuring out your own life and you're fitting in and God is shaping you into something, then you fit into where God wants you. Not only do you have an impact on what God is doing inside of this church, but it returns back because that passion, now you are fitting to where God has built you. 
Now that fuel is seeing your lives change, but it comes back into you and you are on fire. You are passionate. You're doing what you were meant to do. And God knows because he created you. And look what happens. And we go to the next slide of the verse. So we build the altar. But then what does Elijah do? He says, at the usual time for the offering, the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed. That's it. He did his part. He did what God called him to do. Followed the, the, the instructions. He got into, you know, the soil that was rich and fruitful. He was in the right conditions. Did the way that God has for life. And then he just says, all right, God. Now it's your turn. See, you do your part, and then you leave the result to what God's supposed to do up to him. And he prays this, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all this into your command. O Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have brought them back to yourself. Wouldn't that be an amazing prayer for your own life and the life of this church? That God would show up and people would know that he is real. That he is our God. That he's powerful. That he's setting people free. Because he's doing it in your life. He's doing it in the midst of us as a church. And then it's spreading out into this city. What an amazing story it would be if there was just this buzz that happened because there was something happening here. So that's the beginning of my story. There was just something about these Christians. I couldn't put my finger on it. I couldn't put my finger on it, but I needed to know what it was. That is my prayer for this church. So he prays this, and immediately the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones to dust. God showed up. All he needed to do was start a fire. That's all God needed to do. He just said, look, the other prophets couldn't do it. I've drenched in water. All I need God to do is start a spark. That's all I need him to do. But God's like, you know what? I'm kind of a God that likes to go over and above. A fire from heaven comes and just torches the thing. Even the stone itself is to dust. And when we put ourselves in the right conditions and when we partner with God, God's plan and purpose and 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 will in your life will go so above that you could even dream or imagine. There's this cool, great quote by C.S. Lewis says that we are so satisfied, like that we're children making mud pies in the sand when God is actually inviting us to a vacation on the beach. God's purpose for us as individuals and us as a church is so much bigger than we can even dream into our minds. And that's what he's calling us to. I was talking with Mitch earlier this week, and I love the way he put it. We're talking about this message, and he says, We build cities, and God elevates them to heaven. We build altars, and God does the work for the fire to come. Now think about it for a second. We build cities, and God elevates those cities. We, it's, this is this idea that when the new heavens and new earth comes, that everything that we've accomplished here just disappears, and God just makes it happen. No, 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 no. God wants a partnership. We are his representatives on earth. The very cities, the very things that we create that are in line with what God's purpose is will be part of the new heavens and new earth, the kingdom of God. We have an opportunity today, here and now, to be able to affect the world, our lives, the people around us, our friends, our family, our city, for an eternal purpose. Isn't that 
Like, again, God could just blow our minds in this. So let me just finish with this idea. So you're thinking to yourself, this is amazing. I want this in my life. I hope you're saying that. So what's a practical step in that? Well, let me, let me challenge you this. God's plan A for this partnership is the church. There's this crazy verse that says that God works through the foolishness of the church. That God looked at us and said, you're my partners in this. And we think, are you nuts? But you're sitting here today and you're still in shallow soil. You haven't taken that step. You haven't started looking at, okay, I want this in my life, but I'm not really ready to step out in faith to take that walk. The reality is, is that there needs to be some type of action. And us as a church are here to partner with you as you partner with God. Because we are God's representatives. We're the body of Christ. We're his family. And we want to partner with you in this journey. We have two sayings in this church, and they're more than sayings. They're actually next steps. They're steps of faith for your life. If you want to put them up. Sorry, I'll back one more. Connect, grow, serve. There we go. Connect, grow, serve, belong, believe, become. We want to help you guys in different aspects. We want to help you connect with us as a church, with those around you, people, not just what's going on in the event, but people. And maybe that's your first step. You're saying, you know what? I need to fill out a connect card. I need to go sign up for something. I need to dedicate my life to what's going on here Sunday after Sunday and say, I'm going to dig my roots deep. You need to connect. You need to grow. You need to look at, I need to get into a group. I need to get into a class. I need to get a part of that community because my roots are never going to grow if I continue to be in shallow soil, if I continue to have the walls up, if I don't start building my altar. And the thing is, is that you don't need to do this by yourself. As you get into community and you get into what the church is doing, it's going to be other people coming alongside you and, and taking the broken pieces. And God, through his church, through his representatives, will help put that back together and to serve. Like, when you think about this idea of, like, what is my significance in life? What is my life purpose? What, what more than a better way to jump onto a team, to get into the midst of other people and serve, that God is going to help you shape and figure that out? You can't just sit on your butt and hope that it's all going to be revealed and show what's going on. The same way that I need to get up and actually practice my goal kick, you need to get up and start taking steps, getting into something, realizing that God can use that and shape and mold you, and then you'll get more and more of that peace and figuring out what God is doing. If you want to know one of the greatest ways to figure out your life purpose and significance is to start serving. Start utilizing that because then your passions will come out, which will also show you your gifts and talents, the way that you're wired. You can do a, a spiritual gift test, but that's not going to give you the full picture of what you need to do. Because ultimately, we believe that every person has a place to belong. We want to help you find places that you can wrestle with what you believe in God's purpose in your life. And ultimately, we want you to become everything that God has for you. I'm going to invite the uh, worship team up. I'm going to challenge us this morning. We're going to pray because maybe there are still walls in your life that you need help bringing, bring, being broke down. Maybe you need 
just a direction to move towards so that you don't have to be in shallow soil anymore. Or maybe you've got the weeds and thorns that are just choking you. You need to deal with that. We want to make our prayer team available. I'm going to invite them up right now as well. We have our prayer team available. We're going to, we're going to pray and close the service. We're also going to have, give you guys an opportunity. But they're here today. They want to listen with you and partner with you to figure out what is that thing that is holding you back from being able to move forward. Or maybe just for some of you, you just need to stop looking on YouTube for all those answers the researching and the wondering and the praying and you need to just get up and start walking let me challenge you in this first and foremost I want you to keep your eyes open for events and opportunities to step out in faith there's going to be opportunities as we move forward there's one literally right after the service if you weren't here and heard this interview with our creative arts if you feel that you've got a creative bend that you have creative skills and you want to see your creativity used for God's purpose there is an interest party out in the office after the service. The creative art team's going to be there. We've got an equip that's coming up. You just saw an ad. You're not sure what team to join or what to do next? Go sign up for an equip and get a feel of what's going on. We've got these Discover Gateway things. We've got our Connect cards. Just, you don't know what, even what to do next, but you're saying, you know what, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I'm going to take a next step. Just fill out a Connect card, and we will walk with you. Or go to the info desk after the service, and there's going to be some sign-up sheets there, different opportunities going up. There's always another step. There's always another opportunity that we're putting before you, but unless you guys take that step, that partnership can't happen because there's a part that you need to play and a part that God needs to play. And you're thinking, you know what, I just, I just need to get in the midst of other people all I'm just going to say, it's going to be talked about next week, but there's an opportunity. There's a men's breakfast and there's a women's encounter coming up. As well, that's at the info desk, but that's a great opportunity just to take an easy step that's happening at the church. It's not a lot of having to go deeper than that. Or just simply this. Like I said, fill out a connect card. Or just simply this. Think about it like this. Just test drive a group, a team, or a Sunday. Just give it a shot and see what God might do in your life, in you, and three, because I believe, and I want to speak this over you, that that I hope you you would rather have a life full of oh wells than a life of what ifs. To have a life full of oh wells because I tried and I failed than a life of what ifs. What if I would have taken that risk? So as we continue in the season, as Vision Sunday comes and as different serves and opportunities. Ask yourself, is this the opportunity? Or, you know what, maybe you don't even know. Just do it. Take a step of faith, and faith takes action. I want you guys to stand. I'm going to pray generally over you guys for this, that God would do an amazing work in your life. And then we're going to dismiss, but let me just encourage you, if God is still wanting to do business in your life, if you've got walls that are hard that you can't plant, if you are still planted in and shallow soil, but you're not sure what that next step looks like, or if you've got weeds and thorns that need to be uprooted, then our prayer team is here, ready to minister to you. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, come upon your people right now. Silence the noise that may be trying to creep in and distract 
your people. Reveal the Father's heart for us. Jesus' purpose and calling and Holy Spirit reveal that step and that gift that we need. Give us the courage, the tenacity to step out in faith and to say enough is enough. Enough is enough. I'm taking a step in faith. Enough is enough. Holy Spirit, come upon your people. Give dreams and visions and directions and courage and a faith and a fire that will come upon these people and this church that will set us ablaze and to be an impact going out into the city, setting our city upon on fire for your love and your grace and your hope. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said,